Welcome, amazing to see you. Um, I'm so glad you're here. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, I'm excited for us to be together this weekend. Thanks for being a part of us. Those of you are, who are here in person, those of you who are online, really gl glad that you're here. If you are new or newer with us, uh, we would love to know that you're here. So if, if you're in the room, um, you could do that a couple of ways. There's a QR code in front of you and you can scan that QR code with your phone. That'll take you to our Connect card, our digital Connect card, and you could fill that out. Or as you walk out of the room, when we're done here in just a little bit, you could stop at our welcome desk and meet a person there. And if you would give us your information, we'd give you a cup of a coffee cup full of really good chocolate. And really the point of that whole thing, for those of you in the room, those of you who are in line, you can hit the digital Connect button. And again, that takes you to our card. The point of all this, we just love to meet you. Um, answer any questions for you as you're kind of kicking the tires of our church or this faith thing, whatever that is, um, there's a way we can pray for you, like it's how we can serve you. So we'd love if you would let us meet you in that way, really appreciate that. Um, so we're in week two of this series. We started last week, Easter weekend. Um, it's called For the Win. And, and we're exploring and experiencing the victory that God gives to us through Jesus' resurrection from the dead. So to jump into this, I wanna remind you, really of the, this is the theme verse for this series. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 57. It is after this long exploration of the resurrection of Jesus, the consequences and how that plays out in our lives. They're just, the summary statement in all of that is thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so you and I, because of the resurrection of Jesus, we get to participate in a victory that we can't win. And this is really good news for us. And as we explored last week, and we saw that the first greatest victory is the victory of life over death. You and I are people who it looks like everything about us is headed towards the grave and it feels like the grave wins. And because of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, his victory over death, you and I can participate in that if we'll receive what he gives to us. And the beauty of this gift of victory that God gives to us is not just victory for eternal life. I mean, like that, it feels like to say just in that. That would be enough, like that would be enough. But what God does for his people, he lets us participate in eternal life, but it also has ramifications in our life today. And so we're really in this series exploring a few things that the, the victory, what is involved in this victory that God gives to his people. And so this weekend, I wanna talk with you about the victory that God gives us over fear. I wanna talk with us about how we can experience victory and courage over fear. So to do that, let me start with a definition of fear for us, and this comes just straight out of Webster's Dictionary, this little um, Google search for the down fear. Google gives four little definitions. The first one, an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. All I think about is like a bear walking into my campsite, right? I mean, like if, that, that's fear, you, you know something bad's about to happen, the potential for something bad's about to happen. The second one this, one, this one is a little worse, this is anxious concern. This is, this is when I read that, to me, this is, this is where fear, that initial emotion that you experience because something is, you're anticipating danger, this, this anxious concern, this is, where, this is where fear begins to take control of things in your life. And then I thought it was interesting, the third definition of fear is a profound reverence and awe, especially towards God. 
And so like, we use that word that's found throughout the Bible about fearing the Lord, and it's this idea of profound reverence and awe, fearing the Lord. And then the fourth one is fear the now, it's reason for alarm. And really, if I just wanna get a whole summary of this deal, spoiler alert, um, number three there is really the answer for number two. I think of number one and four, you kinda got healthy, we have to have healthy fear, but, but when fear begins to take control of our lives, the answer to that is profound reverence and awe. It's, it's, it's our faith. And I don't mean that like in a summary dismissive sort of way or in a churchy cliche sort of way. Um, that's it's a real thing. So I wanna explore that with you together this weekend as we talk about how you and I can experience victory in our lives over fear. So one joke, what do you call a mountain goat that's afraid of heights? It's a goat. I'm the only one who thinks it's funny. It's beautiful when this happens. So um, I was thinking about, for me, back when I was a kid, I was really scared of two things. Um, I was scared, first, of the dark, and that's a pretty common fear. I was, second, I was scared of George Washington. <laughs> I'm not making that up, I'm telling you the truth. When I was, I was scared of George Washington and if I was in another room and somebody in my family wanted to mess with me, all they had to do was shout the name George Washington where I could hear it, I would be, I would be out of that room alone and back where people were. And so I had these fears of the dark and George Washington as a kid and I've grown out of those fears. Thankfully, I've grown out of those fears. But I have other fears, and so do you. Right? Fears, fear is a common human thing, and, and you and I, like, we experience fear in our lives, and we experience fear trying to take control of our lives. And if fear takes control of our life, that always goes bad places for us. And so I wanna talk with you this time, I wanna talk with you about how you can experience victory over fear in your life. And, and if you're a person who has fears and you're battling for control in your life with fear, I think you're gonna be really glad that you were here this weekend. So, so let me make three observations. Just kind of start with, with a few observations about fear. And you'll track with these. I don't think they're anything like genius, or, but just set context for us. First one is fear is a necessary thing in a fallen world. It's a necessary thing in a fallen world. So when our first parents, Adam and Eve, when God created this world and put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, in the Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two, they didn't have any reason to fear. Like there, was, there was no need for fear for them because everything was perfect, they were never in danger. Like the only fear they needed was that number three, that awe and reverence of the Lord, but they didn't have to fear anything. There was no, there was no danger for them, and so they, but they chose, they chose to eat the forbidden fruit and that's in Genesis chapter three, and in Genesis chapter three, everything changes. So now you and I live in this fallen world. Genesis chapter three, theologians call that chapter of the Bible, that event, the fall. And so we live in this fallen world, and now we actually live, there's, there's, danger, there's danger all over the place for us. Like real, legitimate danger, and so fear, this emotion, this response, like, hey, not everything's right right now, there's something wrong here, this could be something that would be dangerous for you. Like, we need that. We need that to stay safe in our lives. So fear is necessary in a fallen world and healthy fear is information for us. A healthy fear, fear is an emotion and healthy fear is information. That means your conscious mind, your subconscious mind, your awareness of cultural cues, whatever it is, like you have gathered enough data and it is processing saying, hey, I don't think we're safe right now. And that is, that is great information to have. Hey, I don't think we're safe right now. But what happens with 
fear is fear doesn't want to be just information. It doesn't want to be just an emotion in our lives. Fear actually tries to take control. And so unhealthy fear is when fear becomes dictator. Healthy fear is data, it's information. Unhealthy fear is when it's trying to take control of you and take control of your life, take control of your decision making. Unhealthy fear, it always goes bad places. Right, if fear takes control of your life, it always, it's always negative. And it, it, it reaps negative consequences physically on us, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. When fear's in charge of your life, when you're making fear-based decisions, there's never good fruit from that. So when fear takes control of our lives, it always takes us to unhealthy, bad places, just back to that little joke that none of you thought was funny. A mountain goat who's afraid of heights is just a goat. And that goat that's made for the mountains lives on a farm, right? If you just, if you just think about it, and those, like, that is what fear does to, to you in the different ways and different places in your life is what it does to me. It, it takes us back, takes us away from who God made us to be. It stops us from doing things that we're excited about doing that are good and healthy for doing. It detours us. And we're headed on a right path and we get afraid of something and we start to make other kinds of decisions. It, it speeds us up in really bad, unhealthy ways. We get worried, we get frustrated. But like fear begins to, like it speeds us, it ramps us up and we make decisions and we move our lives in directions that are, that are no good for us. And so anytime fear is taking control of our life, it's really a bad thing. The first appearance of fear in the Bible, it's in Genesis chapter three, that fall chapter where God created this perfect world and put our parents, our first parents, innocent in that world and was in an unhindered relationship with them. And it was beautiful, it was perfect for them and they had all they wanted. And then they were tempted by the enemy of our souls. They were tempted by him to rebel against God, to eat the forbidden fruit and they ate that forbidden fruit and the Bible tells us when they ate that forbidden fruit, their eyes were open and they began to see some things that we as human beings were not designed to see, and they now know some things that we as human beings were not designed to know. And, and because they rebelled against God, they were aware, and one of the things they were aware of is that they were unclothed, that they were naked. And the response to that was they tried to cover themselves up and they went and hid. And so later that day, they hear God coming to meet, because God met with them in this Garden of Eden, this beautiful place he created for them. God came to meet with them, and, and they were off hiding in the bushes. And God asked him the question, where are you? And not because he's playing hide and seek with them, not because he didn't know, he wanted them to know. He wanted them to realize where they were and, and Adam answers and he said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. This is the first time that fear shows up in the Bible and, and it's important I think for us to realize that first of all, it is fruit from their rebellion against God, from Adam and Eve, from human rebellion against God. And so, so now they have things to be afraid of and it's important I think also to notice this is the first instance where fear took control of somebody's life and pushed them into a bad decision. They didn't revere and honor the Lord so they ate the fruit and now they're hiding from him because, because in that moment like fear has told them a lie about who God is and about his disposition towards them and about what he has for them now. Like fear has lied for them and told them that you need to go and hide. And instead, what they should have done, 
in that moment, God is the person, instead of running away, like God should have, they should have run to him. And so they have this beautiful opportunity to run back to God to find out that he is a father, to receive his forgiveness and his covering and his healing as they move forward in their lives. And instead, fear took control of that deal. I was afraid, so I hid. And every time fear runs our lives, every time fear runs our lives, it pushes us off in directions. It pushes us away from God. And so it's really important for us as people who like, this is, this is a real thing in our lives. Fear is a real thing in our lives and we need it in this fallen world. It seems like the most important thing for people like you and me is how to keep fear in its proper place and to keep it from becoming a dictator, a ruler over us. And so to that end, what I wanna do, I wanna offer you three words that will help us keep fear in its proper place, keep ruling over, and then I'm gonna give you four, I think they're pretty practical application points to finish our time together. So the first word, when we start thinking about fear being information and not the dictator of our lives, the first word is love, love. We sang this just a minute ago, we sang this in this song. This is written by the Apostle John, and it's his first epistle. He wrote the Gospel of John, and then he wrote three little letters that we have. And he was known as the apostle, like love was his trademark and it was his key word. And as an old man, he was, they would carry him from place to place because he couldn't get around. They wanted to hear what he had to say. And his constant reminder to Christian people was love one another, love one another, love one another, yeah, love one another. And so in 1 John chapter four, he's writing about love and he says, there's no fear in love because perfect love drives out fear. And so if we're, if we're gonna be thinking about fear being like, okay, I'm, there's danger here, we gotta have that, but fear being in control of my life and fear pushing me in directions that are away from God, perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. This perfect love, this perfect love, this, it starts with God. He's the only one who loves perfectly and he loves us. He loves each one of us perfectly. He loves you perfectly. I was thinking about this this week. The very first message that I did this year back in January, the very first one that we talked about, something about you and about me, it's hard to believe, but we are, we are deeply and perfectly loved by God. And if you maybe can't wrap your arms all the way around that or you wonder if I'm like, is that really true? Maybe like, go back to the website and go back to that first message January and listen again and just let what God says to you through the Bible, like let that just kind of filter into your life. You are, you are perfectly loved. And perfect love drives out fear. And, and if you and I are going to experience a life where fear is just an emotion that warns us of real danger in our lives and isn't taking control over it, first thing, we've, we've gotta be rooted in this love of God that he offers to us and that has been, <clears throat> excuse me, most deeply offered to us in Jesus. God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends as he was getting ready to go to the cross to lay down his life for us. This love that God has for you, this is the perfect love. And if you are, if you are able to live in that and to live from that, that speaks into and speaks over the fear that you and I experience in our everyday life. And so if you're gonna have victory over fear in your life, it starts with receiving 
and then living from this love that God has for you, this perfect love that drives out fear. So the first word is that word, is that word love. The second word is the word presence. Presence. God is with you. God is with you. He's always with you. So I just, I've grabbed just a, three verses for us to just kind of read together and just let kind of sift into our hearts. The first one is Psalm 23. This is the Lord is my shepherd psalm. And so verse four of that psalm, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And there's, there's something about knowing, being aware of the presence of God, experiencing the presence of God in your life. He's with you, he's always with you, but, but we're not always in tune. We're not always thinking about that, we're not always aware of that, and especially when you're being driven by fear, Fear is certainly, fear is driving you away. Remember, I was afraid, so I hid. And fear is driving you away. And you're thinking that you're away and that you're far from and that God's over here and, and instead he's with you. And so to know that in your fear, that I'm not, I don't have to be afraid in the darkest valley because you are with me and you, your presence, the awareness of your presence, your rod and your staff, a shepherd would touch the sheep, When I know you're with me, that brings me comfort in my fear. So Psalm 23 is one. Psalm 46, one through three. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present, ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. We're not gonna fear because we have an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And and look what the psalmist, what he's saying, and, and this is a prayer for people like you and me, We won't fear, listen to this time of trouble. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with its surging, and he might be describing something that's actually like he's he's picturing something going on, physical reality, or he might be expressing his life and what feels like that. But but because we have an ever-present help in trouble, not someone who's looking to, to punish you, to chastise you. Fear is about punishment. Perfect love drives out fear. You have an ever-present help in time of trouble. And so you don't have to fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall in the sea, the sea roars, so like, you and I don't have to be afraid. You and I don't have to be afraid because of the presence of God. And then Isaiah 41, verse 13. This is God speaking to his people. I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand. So just just imagine that. Just picture that in your mind for just a second. That that God reaches down and grabs your hand. (laughs) Whatever you're in the middle of. If you've ever been the grown-up for a little kid and, and they're in the middle of something that has them has them shaky, has them upset, has them worried, has them fearful, has them ready to run and hide. That is, that is a powerful moment to be able to just reach down and grab their hand. I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. You don't, you don't have to be afraid. I'll help you. Don't, don't fear. I will help you. And that, that presence of God and his, and his, not just his nearness, but the experience we have with him and in that is a beautiful and powerful thing for people like you and me who have fear in our life that's trying to take control. You have, 
you have a God who will grab you by the hand and who's willing to say to you and over you, don't fear, I will help you. And so, so to know and to hold on to the love of God and the presence of God, all right? So those are the first two words. And then here's this third word, it's faith, faith. Faith is a gift. Let's always remember that. Faith is a gift. Faith is something that God gives to you. It is not something that you have to create within yourself. It's not something you have to manufacture, conjure up somehow. Faith is a gift that God gives to you. And we have to exercise it. Like we get to exercise faith, but, but we don't have to create it in our lives. And so God gifts faith to his people and people like you and me get to, get to exercise our faith. And I wanna show you these two little sections from the scriptures. These could be prayers for you. These could be when you're looking for words to express your faith, when, however much faith you got, like that's what you get to exercise. However much faith you have, you get to exercise that. And when you're looking for a way to exercise that, and maybe, maybe you're looking to be inspired by people who have more faith than you do, or words that, like maybe this is a little bit, this is a little bit of a reach for me, but I wanna grow in this, and so I'm going after it. These two sections of scripture I think are really beautiful for that. And you just pray them, you just pray them with whatever faith you have. And let God give you, he always responds. When we exercise the faith we have, God always gives us more faith. And so from Psalm 56, verses three and four, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? That's, a, that's, that's an interesting question. What can mere mortals do to me? It, the, the human world that we experience where most of our fears like surfacing over stuff that's going on in this human reality, what can mere mortals do to me? Well, we can make a pretty long list about the things that mere mortals could do to us, but not compared to God. Like they can't do it to God and they can't do it over God and he's standing in the way. And, and there's a little play on words here about who we're going to revere and who we're gonna give control in our lives because human beings can do certain things and, and God has the opportunity, like God is in control, right? And so we revere and we honor this God and so so when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. I think that's a beautiful prayer. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, God, I'm trusting you and I'm just not afraid. I'm not gonna be afraid in this circumstance. I might be afraid of these people. I'm not gonna be afraid of that future. I'm not gonna be afraid of that unknown. I'm not gonna be afraid for my kids in that way. Like, God, I'm putting my trust in you and I'm not gonna be afraid in this. And he says that the psalmist says this with so much confidence. And when you and I, as people with at least I, a person with way less faith than that, sometimes when I pray this kind of stuff, like sometimes I have a little question mark at the end of my, like I wanna put a period or even an exclamation point at the end of that statement, but often for me it's like a question mark. Okay, I'm not gonna be afraid. I'm not gonna be afraid. And you say it a few times and say it to the Lord, I'm not gonna be afraid. When I'm afraid, I'm gonna put my trust in you and I will not be afraid. And then this one from Lamentations chapter three. This is the ancient prophet Jeremiah. And God gave him a vision of some things that were frightening, of what was coming, of the future that was coming for him. In Lamentations, he's lamenting. He's lamenting where, where the sin of God's people is taking them and, and what, what it looks like for them to be disciplined by God so that they come back to him. And, and so he's, he's struggling with fear of what his people and what he himself is going to experience and then, and then he writes this, he says, I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Now listen to his plea. His plea is, don't close your ears to my cry for relief. 
And I'm so grateful that he's vulnerable like that about his, his struggle with who God is in that moment. He's, he's asking God to listen, listen to me. Don't, don't close your ears to me. Don't be far from me. Don't, don't lose track of me. Well, God's not far, God's near. We know that from the scriptures and he's one of God's people. God doesn't lose track of him. But when you're afraid, don't you feel like maybe you're far? And don't you feel like maybe God isn't paying attention, like somehow God has lost track of you and you are in the dark and all alone? Don't you feel that way? And here he voices that for people like us to read. Lord, here's my plea. Don't close your ears to my cry for relief. And here's how God responded. When, when I called out, you came near when I called you and you said, do not fear. I, I hear that Isaiah passage again about I, you reached down and you grabbed me by my right hand and you said to me, don't be afraid. And so this, this faith, like this is, this is a big word for people who are gonna live with fear in its proper place in our lives is it's, we're, we're gonna give God his place. And with all the faith that we've got, we're gonna recognize that, that he loves us and that he is with us and that he is for us. And we're gonna listen to him say things to us like, hey, I'm here, I'm with you, I've got you, don't be afraid in all of this. I'm gonna be vulnerable before the Lord and he's gonna, he's gonna come and he's gonna be close and he's gonna say some things to me that I need to hear so that I don't get dominated by fear and pushed into bad places in my life. So those three words, love, presence, presence of God, and faith. Whatever faith you got, you exercise the faith you have and God meets you and he gives you more faith. It just grows as you exercise this faith. So, so those are the three words. And then let me just offer you, I'll wrap all this up. Four practical things that I think will help you so you don't have to live with fear dictating your life, all right? So first of these four things. First one is to be as honest as you can about what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. So I'm, I'm not talking to you about, like, let's just be dismissive of this emotion of fear in our lives. Let's just bury it. Um, one of the things I find myself saying to myself and to my kids at this stage of life is deal with your, like, deal with your emotions because if you don't deal with it now, you're gonna have to really deal with it later. And, and so like, it is unhealthy to just dismiss and ignore what you're feeling in your life. And I think it is a healthy thing to be as honest as you can about what you're feeling and why you're feeling that. And, and so you're being honest with that and, and, and you have to, like even why I am struggling with letting like the temptation of fear taken over my life. Like, what, what is this? As honest as I can be about this. And, and here's, I know this and you know this too. You're not gonna know all of it, right? You're not gonna know. You, you're not gonna be able to get the whole thing out on paper, but you're, but you're dealing with that emotion of fear and how it rises up in your life and you're, you're letting some light shine into this darkness because when, when fear is trying to dictate your life, that is darkness. And so you're trying to be open before the Lord and with yourself and let, and let light into this. So be as honest as you can about what you're feeling and about why you're feeling is the first one. And then the second one, Lay those fears before the Lord and listen for his voice. And take time to do this. Take time, give him time to do this. Take time to do this. It, this, isn't, this isn't just like a, hey, a little quick thing while I'm driving to work, right? If, if that's all you got 
tomorrow, then that's all you got tomorrow. But this is, this is serious. If fear begins to dictate your life, this is a real thing. And so, so you need to engage with this like it's real. And like there's something at stake that's worth fighting for in, in your life. And so, so to take time and to lay those fears out before the Lord and, and spend time with him, and it, it could be on paper, it could be, you could vocalize it, but to get it out before him and let him know, like lay all that out before him and then to listen for his voice. Listen for what he says to you. The psalmist said it, Jeremiah the ancient prophet said it, they laid their fears out before the Lord and you know what he did? He stepped in. He stepped into their life and into that relationship that he had with each of them. And he said to him, in the fear they were experiencing in their unique circumstances, he said to him, hey, don't fear. I, I got you by the hand. I'm right here. You don't need to fear. And, and when, when your heavenly father speaks into your life, if, if you will stop and listen for his voice when he speaks into your life, Oh, he, his voice just, it speaks over the, the turmoil that we're experiencing in our lives. And so, so use his word, use these verses, some of these verses that I've given you, that Isaiah 41 verse, that Lamentations chapter three verses, let those verses speak, like just read that stuff. Read those verses about fear in our lives and, and let him speak to you. It's not just words on a page. One of the things that the spirit of God does is takes those words off the page and makes them alive in our lives. And when your heavenly father speaks, like, let him speak into your fear. It changes everything for you. And come to church, like listen to the words of the songs that we sing and sing them when you can. And let the people who are around you and what you hear in this place, like being part of a church service is a gift that God gives to his people. And, and something about when, when we believe and when we sing, Together, even what you're struggling to believe or you're not so sure about right now, there's something about the gathering of God's people that fans into flame the stuff that maybe is dying out in our lives. So be part of church, have a conversation in the hallway, talk to some people that you know or maybe new people that you know. Be interesting what, what somebody might say, what somebody might say in, in the hallway of a church might make all the difference for you about something that happened either in this room or they've experienced or they've read. Or it'd be an amazing thing if you're part, when, you, when you're part of church to let God speak into your life. And so, so listen for his voice. Be as honest as you can. Lay your fears before him. Listen for his voice. And then the third thing, tell a trusted friend what you're experiencing. And I'll just be real upfront with you about this. That trusted friend might need to be somebody that you pay because they're a professional. Might need to be a counselor. It might need to be a therapist. You, you might need that kind of help. If you come talk to me about your fear and fear dominating your life, I can promise you, I'm going to recommend that you go see a counselor or a therapist. And, and that might be one of the friends that you need to talk to, but you've gotta, have, you've gotta have people in your life that you can be vulnerable and open, transparent, authentic with. The people who, who love you and who are for you and who will be responsible with that information and, and who will pray for you and who will cheer you on, who will be with you in this whole idea of like, hey, we don't want fear dominating our lives. You need, we all need people in our lives like that. And so to have somebody in your life that you can be vulnerable and you can be authentic and you can be transparent with and to be able to share with them what you're experiencing because again, here's, 
This is dark, it's dark when fear, it's darkness when fear is trying to run your life, it's darkness when fear is trying to run your life. And the only thing that dispels darkness is light. And when you let the light of God's life and his people and his word into your life, that dispels darkness. And so, so having a friend that you can talk to about what you're experiencing, and then the fourth one is to declare your confidence in God. To declare your confidence in God when you're, when you're having time alone with the Lord or when you're having conversation with a friend or when you are in this place, like whenever you're dealing with those fears in your lives and you're dealing with them, like you're dealing with them, then, that you would declare your confidence in God. And again, I love these, these scriptures that we've looked at today that some of these, like use your Bible, you can use the verses about, about fear and how the psalmist speaks into fear and how different God's people speak into the fear in their lives and let them inspire you, inspire your faith. You may not feel the confidence that they have in that moment, and again, you may wanna put a question mark after things they're putting exclamation points on, but, but declare your confidence in the Lord, whatever faith you got. Like exercise that and let that move you forward, but declare your confidence in God that he is love and that he is with you and that he will speak into your life and you are gonna listen for him and you are not gonna let fear take control but you're gonna let God be the one who is control over you, and then you, can, you get to move forward in your life. So here's how we're gonna end all this. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come back out here. We're actually gonna practice this, this declaring our confidence in God. It's with the song that we all know, but I wanna take you back to that verse that we started with because this is, this is a beautiful promise that God has given to his people, and it's something that we just experience with gratitude in our heart. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You and I do not have to live in fear. We get to live with courage and with faith, moving into all the things that God has for us because he loves us and he is with us and he is for us. And so we're gonna, we're gonna sing and celebrate that together. But I wanna pray for us before we do. So will you please bow your head, close your eyes with me. Heavenly Father, thank you that you give us Jesus' victory. And Jesus, in this moment, we honor you as, we honor you as the victor. You have, you have conquered our greatest enemy and you are worthy of our honor and you are worthy of our praise, you're worthy of our allegiance, you're worthy of our affection and you have shared all of these things with us and so together we say yes. Yes to who you are and yes to what you're doing in our lives, yes to this gift that you wanna give us I pray in these next couple minutes as we, as we sing this song together that, that people who are in bondage to fear would find freedom and that we would know that you are our rescuer. The Lord rescues his people. Thank you, Jesus, and we pray these things in your name. Amen.
same God. From the very beginning, he's been rescuing his people. Fear doesn't have to rule your life. If you need somebody to pray with you, those of you who are online, you can just click the pray button. We'd be glad to be in touch with you soon so that we can pray with you. Those of you here in the room, there'll be prayer leaders down here in the front and um, be their privilege to be able to pray with you about whatever's happening in your life, something connected to what we talked about today or other things that you're facing. It'd be our joy. You can just leave it here and let this God who loves you speak into it for you. So I hope you'll take advantage of that. And thank you for being part of worship service. You're a huge encouragement to me and to one another. It's great that we're together. So God bless you guys. I love you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.